welcome to the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talking. And guess what, y'all? We Black in the Garden. have arrived at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talkin', hostess with the mostest of Black in the Garden. Hey, Soil Cousins, it is Cola B. Talkin', and we are back for another fantastic episode of Black in the Garden. And I just have a quick note. Before we go any further, we're going to get into this episode. Great episode. Me and Derek, the chocolate botanist, having a great conversation in season five. I would say it's going well. Shout out to Atlanta Botanical Garden for being our sponsor for this season. And so I just want to like catch you up on what's the deal. So you can expect to hear from me on Thursday. That is my goal. And I'm just working very hard to make sure that Thursday afternoons, the episodes are uploaded and ready in a very consistent manner. Uh, Just doing all the things. It's on me. And so full transparency, I just wanted to let you know that the mission is to have the episodes out on Thursday, Thursday afternoon before 4 p.m. Let's just put it like that. But just as a podcast listener, I love a late week podcast episode release, especially when there's like fun weekend things to do, like maybe a little trip or a long trip. Uh, One of my favorite ways to consume podcast episodes, my favorites, of course, I know I'm one of your favorites. You don't have to tell me is by uh, during a road trip. So yeah, you will hear from me as far as new episodes go on Thursdays. And speaking of hearing from me, You will also be hearing from me if you're into, this is related, but not related, but hey, I am cool to be talking. And so I like to talk and I also really, really enjoy the FX Atlanta show. So me and some of my homies decided that we are going to give it a go at doing a podcast and discussing and really unpacking it. So hence the podcast Unpacking Atlanta is available Episode one is available right now. The show is already in its third season, so we didn't unpack like every single bit, but we're just getting into the themes and really discussing what's happening with the new season of the show. I've been doing a little bit of reading on it. If you're into it, like if you're not into it, just, you know, act like you didn't hear this part, but the, the new season is really getting into some interesting themes and taking a direction that, you know, is certainly worth unpacking. So if you're into that, If that's something that you want to hear more about, you want to hear more from me talking to a whole different set of people and just talking about something that is not garden related, then hop on over to Unpacking Atlanta, which is available on the exact same platform that you're listening on right now. And I want you to get subscribed to the newsletter. Okay, that is something that I uh, put forth a reasonable amount of effort to make sure that I get to you consistently. And that is also the best way to make sure that you are abreast of all the events or the most pertinent events as they're happening on a weekly basis. And so the simplest way to get signed up for that, if you're not signed up already, is by going to blkinthegarden.com 
and get signed up for the newsletter. So I'm just really hoping that spring is, has sprung upon you and is giving you all the best that you're feeling all blossomy and bloomy and all that good stuff. And really want you to get into this newsletter because, you know, it's great. All of those details are available in the show notes. So you should get into the episode notes because I write those too. I do a lot of things besides just talk as it turns out. I didn't even sign up for all that, but yet here we are. So definitely get signed up for the newsletter <laughs> using the link that is in the episode notes and tune into the Unpacking Atlanta podcast, which by the way, airs on Mondays. It's one thing to be operating in the very independent sense where I'm pushing most of the buttons. So there's that. But hey, I do it for the love and I know that hard work always pays off or some African-American proverb, who knows, but I'm glad to have you here and I'm excited for you to hear this episode. We're getting into Fannie Lou Hamer and a few other things, just trying out some things, just seeing what sticks and what's good. And we're getting, we're really getting somewhere. I'm very proud to be able to present Black in the Garden to you on a regular basis. Happy to be back for season five. Happy to have a new sponsor and see where things are going. I appreciate you for sticking with me and all of your support. Soil cousins, hope you're having a fantastic day, morning, afternoon, evening, or good night, where, whatever time it is when you're listening and enjoy this episode. Hey, Soil Cousins, it is your girl, Cola B. Talking, the hostess with the mostest, and don't you ever forget it, of Black in the Garden podcast with my um, illustrious co-host, Derek Haynes, the chocolate crazy botanical botanist. Hey. Hello, everyone. I am Derek Haynes, the crazy chocolate botanist, all those words that you said there, and I am yes. so glad with you today. And in the spirit of a box of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get when Derek <laughs> opens his mouth. You never know. There might be an accent. It might be, you know, a Jamaican affectation of maybe a little uh, British, maybe yeah, a little Scottish. Maybe a little Scottish. I don't know. I don't think so Scottish. <laughs> Here we are, you know, doing this thing that we call Black in the Garden. And guess what, y'all? Y'all are going to love this because... You know what? Something that we all need as humans, although I tend to fight it myself, is we need structure. All right. Here on Black in the Garden, being the podcast that I that I love it to be, but uh, becoming the podcast that I really want it to be, it definitely has structure. And as we are doing something a little bit different, but sometimes we got like some interviews, sometimes it's just me and Derek cackling and talking about the things then we want to have a little structure here. So we're going to get into all kinds of things. We're going to talk about a few things that are happening at Atlanta Botanic, Botanic Garden. I have to make sure I be saying it right. Botanical Garden, because there's so many of these public gardens and some of them are botanic. Some of them are botanical. We're going to need to explore that more, but it's not the time to unpack all of that. We're going to talk about where I've been, where Derek has been. We're going to get into our plant praise reports and prayer requests. Okay, we're going to get into a little botanical Black excellence. Y'all know we love that. And uh, we're going to give our flowers for the week. And then we are going to have our main, I like to call it the entree. Okay, I call her my matriarchal ancestress. Ancestress, I made that up. Fanny no, Lou Hamer. 
Okay, because you know, until all of us is free, none of us is free. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to that. But I just want to let y'all know, we have an agenda. That's like the, the you know, when you go, I hate to say funeral, but that's the first thing that popped up. You go somewhere and you get the programs. The program. Spread out the programs. You got to make sure you spell stuff right on the program. So uh, just in case you are wondering what's happening, that's what's going to happen. And I am shouting you out for joining us for this. So, Zarek, guess what? Guess who sponsors the Black in the Garden podcast? Let me see. I, you know, because you told me this already. And I'm going to go ahead and get this right on the first try. Get it right. I feel like Gail, you know, is it Gail King? I We're going to get there. It's not her yet. I know she would be willing to. She just oh, needs oh, to know. Was I not supposed to tell that? It, you know what? Okay. Because it's Tyler Perry. TP Studios got you. We, I love how you manifest. We're not there quite yet, but we're close. We're in the ballpark because we are within, that guess you're getting hot. You know how you know you're getting hot? Because you're within about 15, 20 miles of the studio. It's in Atlanta. Tyler Perry got studios in Atlanta, but we are talking Atlanta Botanical Garden. Botanical, okay? A-L at the end if you're nasty, but you're not. You like plants. (laughs) that's why you're here so uh atlanta botanical garden sponsors season five of the black in the garden podcast so i want to talk a little bit about them because i love what they got going on first and foremost orchid days have you ever been to like a a a room full of orchids just like beautifully arranged and curated an exhibition you know i have seen a lot of beautiful orchids and i actually did see a couple of beautiful, amazing orchids. The um, the my first time going to the Atlantic, Atlantic, Atlanta Botanical Garden. Get it right. Uh, we we know words. We do know words. I'm glad that you know that's one of our little catchphrases on here. We know words. We might stumble over them. We might make some up, but we know them though. We so you went down to the Atlantical. Let me stop playing. <laughs> Atlanta. Botanic garden, botanical garden. Why am I like this? Because some places do may say botanic. Some people will call them arboretums because these places got different names. But we're gonna come back to that. You know, when I went to the botanical gardens, though, um, again, it was just so beautiful to see various orchids. They had some that was free rooting, so they're just the roots are just hanging out. You know, with no draws on or nothing, no pot or nothing. Okay. I hear that. I never yeah. thought about it like that, but I like that a lot. <laughs> And wanting to free root. I'm a free rooter myself. I didn't work in the job I work, but um He don't like to wear pants, I, y'all. Yeah, I, I have to wear drawers specifically, but we ain't going into that. When it comes mm-hmm. into free rooting pots, it was amazing just to see them and again to be able to look and be like, okay, this is actually like not just the nastiness of the the uh, big box stores, nothing against them, but they may not be able to keep this up like we plant people could but these people these plant people really made it where it was like i want this even though i'm gonna have to miss this thing twice a day heavily i want this thing just hanging beautifully in room they made it so beautiful cola Mm, they i mean that they they do it well you know this is an institution that is just top-notch five stars world class between saturday february 12th and sunday april 10th 
get on down there to celebrate the return of spring with an exhibition of the artist, the black artist. <laughs> you know, we love that. Christine Mays, her sculptures are jubilant and lifelike and just celebrate the human form. Uh, they are wire structures. You have to see them. Go to the atlantabg.org. Go to that website to learn more about that. But yeah, those sculptures are beautiful and they are really just setting the stage wonderfully in the landscape of the Fuqua Orchid Center. So you need to get on down there. And it's like literally, if I'm not mistaken, it's right next to that tropical um, conservatory where they have all the big body plants, that big plant energy. Uh, uh, what y'all know about big, big plant energy? What you know about that? Tell them about it. Let's just segue right into it. You better be talking about some big potty plants because when you got plant energy, you are willing to risk it all for a plant. You are willing to go for the gold and secure the bag, as it were. You are willing to maybe get plants from a plant dealership that you, you just know you shouldn't F with like that when you got big plant energy. We That's love that. That sounds like... It's a little risque. It sounds like, ooh, it I'm into it. it. Yeah. We definitely got to be into it. All day. So it's the top of the show. Let's get into what's been happening, what's been going on, all the beautiful botanical things that we've been up to and where we've been. Derek, you've been doing anything special. You've been out and about rubbing shoulders with horticultural big wigs. You know, yeah. I did something like that. I, I, I was part of this auction that this this little woman, you know, maybe we all know her, Davida, who's I am condo. Sure. Shout out to Davida. True plant love auction. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm here for, in addition, the biggest thing for me recently was going to the Charlotte plant meetup we had. Yes, that's where you've been. Like physically you went there went there y'all know i'm an introvert i don't even really like people like that mm -hmm. i just did we come together for the plants and i got to see those beautiful black bodies out there all doing it for jesus and the plants <laughs> i mean it's clean i just said jesus okay. and that was, when i say beautiful black body i don't even mean it in a erotic sexy way sure. i'm in a way of we are all together as a group of people, and I cannot remember a time consistently where I'm like, let's go 40 people deep and go and buy some plants or look at a plant shop. I feel like you buried the lead. Who hosted this? Tell us about our, our incredible soil system. It was Nia came down and Nia of, you know, the bloom journey. The bloom journey. We're I growing together. Nia came down and she connected a lot of us who were in the same state. She's from states away. And she she came from the Bronx down to mm -hmm. Charlotte. That's a pretty big leap. That's a gigantimous leap. And I got there and I was excited to meet her and see other people. There's several other people who were there whose pages I definitely remember the names of right now, but I'm not going to call them out just to prove a point. It's a big, just such a big, beautiful connection of people. And it was just amazing. And then to just even again, touch y'all in person. I remember the first time I met you, I was like, you real? I'm real. 
It was in Charlotte, was it not? It was. It was again in Charlotte. Another meetup. Wow. It's real. We we came together. We all were out celebrating another one of our soil cousins. We met uh, Travis. I'm sorry. Okay, let me catch everybody up. So a great amount of the community building that's happened with our soil cousins, um, listeners or not, because not everybody listens to the podcast, but we have developed a really uh, dynamic community via Instagram. And of course, you know, that's the internet. And what happens with uh, making connections on the internet is we all have a very specific similar interests. So naturally, we're going to figure out how we can all get together. So that's exactly what happened uh, way, way back. That was 2020, yo. That was July 2020 when we first went to one of those gatherings and we caught up together and just kikied and had a good time with the Soil Cousins out there. So many of them, I can't name them all. It was 2020, how am I gonna remember all those names? And then more recently, as Derek said, as you know, we're getting into the where we done been, what we've been up to uh, portion of Black in the Garden. He went to the uh, Soil Cousin meetup. It was at a plant shop in Charlotte uh, and that was a good time. I am so glad that the Soil Cousins got to come together. I didn't get to come out, so I just had to sit at the crib with FOMO, but you never know. We'll get, we'll, we'll see what happens next. So as far as what's been happening with me, I've been on a few podcasts and I, I want you to go listen because that's a great way to get reintroduced to me. Every now and then I'll do a solo show where I discuss the parts of my journey. But if you really want to hear more about me and why I started this and so on and so forth and, you know, talk about things that I'm, I'm excited about, then listen to me interview on other podcasts. Uh, one was the Bloom and Grow radio podcast hosted by Maria Faila. Is it Faila or Faila? I like Faila because it's like way more spicy to me. Um, but yeah, we love us uh, Maria from Bloom and Grow radio and many of you are here as a result of hearing me when I first came on the Bloom and Grow radio podcast back in 2020. So I've reprised my guest role and we talked a little bit about, or a lot about actually, the botanical black past, present and future of black folks. How could you not wanna hear about that? You know, it's basically the botanical black history mixtape Volume zero, if you want to call it that, but that was a good time. And I also most recently was on the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast, having a great conversation with Ariel, a sustainable brown girl who cares enough about talking to other sustainable brown girls and really amplifying the voices of Black women, brown women who care about the environment. And you should listen to that. You really ought to listen to that. Speaking of Ariel, this is where, let me give out the text number. Write this down, look in the show notes if you can't write it down in the episode notes. 833-819-3926. Some of y'all already have this number. Save it as Black in the Garden. If you have a mate or whatever, don't save it as Cola because I don't want no smoke, okay? Like, you know what I'm talking about, Derek. <laughs> don't, don't save my number. As something that might could get you in trouble, save it as black in the garden, okay? And I will text you <laughs> back after you text me. But I want you to shout out one of your favorite things from the show. I wanted to, in the spirit of 
Sustainable Brown Girl podcast, which I really enjoy listening. What she does at the top of her show is she does a, a pop quiz and she asks a question uh, that is a piece of trivia from a previous episode. I want y'all to text me the answer. And the trivia for this episode is who was the youngest botanical Black history figure that we discussed on the Botanical Black History Mixtape Volume 1. Cola did all this research. She yeah. had the library card. She had to go and track down to the library. She had to read about 50 books, open up Encyclopedia Britannica. She had to yeah. go use the decimal system. She went through newspaper clippings and she talked to <laughs> old lady Jenkins in the back who've been around for everything. And she Correct. found and she found all this information. All right, Soil Cousins. So we are going to text all of our comments, questions, and very polite criticism. I am not above criticism, but please be polite. We're going to text that as well as the answer to the um, pop quiz question, because we understand the assignment, right? And now we're going to get into botanical Black excellence. So I want to shout out Plant Hood Official out in Amsterdam. That is ran by none other than our soil cousin, Monet, who you heard, I believe she was on season two of Black in the Garden. She's out there in Amsterdam. If you can, if you want to look for her on Instagram, which you should, because her page is just so splendid and gorgeous. And it really gives you, yeah, she really is out here. Plant Mom Amsterdam, Monet, is out here really doing the plant things. She's out here repotting old Hoyas and just getting that big plant energy. She's really a huge proponent of that. But um, she is a whole shopkeeper, a plant shop owner, the first black plant shop in Amsterdam. And we just love black excellence, okay? So uh, botanical black excellence it is to Monet. And so also me though, because I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can go into you because you know the underground arborist is a labor of love. She's going to every state and you're doing it. We are just making sure that that good old carbon gets sequestered by these trees. This is a legacy planting. This is a labor of love. We are very happy. We are very proud to be able to embark on this here journey. Soil Cousins, we're going to plant a fruit tree in collaboration with Trees Atlanta. We are very excited and very proud to uh, have that coming up and proud and excited to share it with you. But Derek said it wonderfully, beautifully. Only thing I would want to add to that would be take your tail on down to the UGA. Let me let me get that right. Go Same. down to undergroundarborist.org so that you can learn more about it, so that you can support. Text me, y'all. Okay, text me if you are somewhere that we ought to be, ought to go to, to plant a tree in your hood. We really want to plant in neighborhoods that particularly need trees. Mm. Undergroundarborist.org is where you can go to learn more. And you can also uh, text me at that number that we mentioned and let us know how you would like to get involved. I mean, of course, donations are, are wonderful. Those are very helpful because we do need a lot of financial resources to make this happen. It's a big endeavor, as you can imagine. But hey, 
I'm just here to say all that to say I'm claiming botanical black excellence. It's me, it me. <laughs> so yes, who are we giving flowers to this week? Who do you want to give flowers to? Mm, you know, I know we've been doing a lot of shouting out of the Vita, um, but didn't they? I mean, I'm, I'm going to, didn't, didn't they raise over like four grand for all these different organizations? It was approximately $4,000, yeah. And it's just, it, it's beautiful that I, I it's, it's so beautiful to see how she brings community together. It is so beautiful to see how she is really about unifying people over these plants that we love. But then for her to put a monetary action to it, all the work it took for her to make some of the, uh, the things on sale, to connect all these various pages and people in different time zones, all of us to come together in this game. She gave us a freaking like talk show, a TV show, but you all got to see it for free. She's wow. my Shiro and one of them. She's not the only one. I mean, she literally used her superpower of organization is what I said, and I'll continue to say, and I'm glad that you're saying, hey, you know what? Let's give Davida some flowers anyway, because absolutely, you can find her on Instagram as Condo Plant Mama, and uh, she really is like one of the most thoughtful people that you'll meet, and what happens when you get thoughtfulness combined with high level organization skills and you decide, you know what, there are about eight organizations that I feel need to have awareness raised around them. And we want to raise some funds to support their work. Uh, and she decided that that's what she was going to do. And that's what she did. And Underground Arborist was one of the organizations. I am grateful just like everybody else with how much we were able to raise because those funds equate to impact and making that work possible for the people who are doing it and helping them to get that work out there to help the people that they're helping, right? Mm, it's exactly right. Like we can we can help people with likes and shares. It's the least you can do. You can go to a page, like it, share it. The little math demon known as the algorithm gets a little kick and then we go on about our way. But to be able to put money into an organization's pocket that they can freely use for the benefit of, of their mission. And these organizations are either to directly benefit us or situated where they are a, a black organization that's gonna have us in mind to put money into somebody's hands, no matter how much it is like that, that goes for one less thing that needed to be cheapened out. Like you, you're giving them that much more liberty and just dynamo, if you will, just keep yeah. going. Absolutely. Like with what I'm doing, for example, um, you would, you'd be surprised at how much it costs to plant a tree. It doesn't cost an extremely high amount to plant a tree, but when you're going to venture into a bunch of different states and you're considering traveling and logistics, then lodging and transportation costs do add up, you know, depending on, it doesn't matter if you're driving there or if you are digging a tunnel to go underground. I don't know why I said that. Or, or, or if you're taking a bus, train, plane, automobile, whatever. All of these, either way it goes, it is expenses do add up. So 
those kinds of um, that kind of support is helping me in that way. So shout out to Davida. We appreciate you, boo. This week, who I'm giving flowers to on this here episode is a TikToker. Uh, it? Look it up because you need to go follow her. I just love this account. Um, I am legally hype is the TikTok name. And I am legally hype. Mm. She did something that really resonated with me um, in so many ways. And I'm gonna tell you why and I'm gonna tell you how. What she did was she actually broke down the war. Uh, I I don't like to talk too much about that kind of stuff because I just feel like I would rather this be a celebration of like joy and, and, and fun and all that. But, you know, there are some things going on in some countries, Russia, um, Ukraine, and, and we're not going to get deep into that. What I'm here more concerned about is giving flowers to this TikToker because what she did in her Black girl ass way was she gave a very um, layman's term, like very much like she just gave a very millennial kind of even Gen Z kind of uh, explanation of what that situation is about, which I can appreciate because I'm somebody who gets my news from The Daily Show. All right, not gonna lie, taking in the C-SPANs and the CNNs and all them other ends, and I'm definitely not watching Fox News, taking all that in can really be draining. It can be stressful and it's just not my vibe, although I do want to be informed. Uh, and this situation, when it comes to a war, a conflict, an international situation like that, if you're not keeping up, because, you know, there are the people and there's plenty of us soil, soil cousins that are listening that undoubtedly do keep up with that kind of stuff. So when it broke and when that became the thing, you're like, oh, yeah, I know all about it. Most of us don't, though. And it can be that much more frustrating and confusing when we are depending on like these headlines to break it down. And I'm not saying by any means, trust, please believe me. I'm not saying that you should be getting <laughs> your news from TikTokers. That's not my point either. Um, be informed. But I hadn't taken the time to go and like really dig into that and, and understand what was going on. So I did come across her video and I was like, Oh, sis, thank you so much. Cause I really didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't understand. What are y'all doing over there? What do you mean? Putin? That's already distracting enough. Your name, bro. Like, what are you doing over there? Calm down, first of all. But shout out to I Am Legally Hype for breaking that down. And I'll tell you why it resonated with me besides that doesn't even have anything to do with war or whatever. She could have explained anything. The whole point is this. I do what I do, right? I make plants and horticulture interesting and relatable. And like, you know, I, I do what I do in the way that I do it so that it can be fun and, and cool. So you can take it in and feel like you're a part of it, right? And so that is the skill set. And that is something that Black women tend to do very well is like breaking the things down and making it so that you can understand that this is a very serious thing. But if you start out with, okay, so boom, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to understand <laughs> the explanation that you're about to break down. Because I myself do that. And I, I just, I can appreciate when somebody is in tune with the fact that people want to know they need to know, but we got to 
break it down in a way that they can understand. So as many segments as I've just did, I'm just going to be full transparency. I don't know if we're going to keep all of these all the time because this is a lot and I feel like I want to get into the meat of it, but this is a good time with getting into the flowers and we are going to actually... So you can still use that and maybe not have it in the show. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that content could be taken out and then inserted elsewhere or just even standalone. Or oh, be- yeah, yeah, because that's what I be doing anyway. So I appreciate that. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So you're saying that we could do that separate and it doesn't have to be a part of the podcast. But exactly. it is a part of the podcast, but oh. it's all part of Black in the Garden content. Exactly, Mundo. One thing that we have started is we recently, this week that just passed was the first week of the plant praise report slash plant prayer request line. We just started that on Instagram, doing that live. And that's a really fun way to engage and to have the opportunity to participate. Join right in. Everybody is invited not only to discuss in the comments, but you're also invited to join me on screen. Show me what you're proud of. Brag on yourself. Celebrate your botanical wins. What's good with your garden? What is good with your houseplants? Whatever plants, whatever good news that you have uh, around. Maybe you read something really cool. Maybe you found out that they change snake plants back to that other category after all and they lied in the first place i don't know what did they say about that so it's not a saracenia anymore it's a dressina a dressinia rather no dressina dressinia depends on you can pronounce it either way we're not gonna get bogged down in all of that but i'm saying all that to say that we are doing a weekly ish mostly weekly uh we say ish to give us room to sometimes you know pass it um, stuff comes up, you know, we're about to go on a national tree planting tour, but we are doing that on the Instagram live. So look, everybody here, that's what it is. The plant praise report is weekly live. Join us. If you can't join us, maybe you don't even have an Instagram. That's fine. That is your business as our auntie tab would say, um, text your plant praise report to 833-819-3926. Y'all use this text now, honeys. Okay, text me and let me know what's good with your plants and your garden. Maybe you're starting some seeds. Maybe they're popping. I want to shout you out. I want to support that. I want to shout everybody out. We want to do all kind of really dope things to make sure that all the soil cousins are feeling seen. That's a big part of this as well. And the plant prayer request line it's the same number. It's open for your plant prayer request. And y'all definitely bring those in because we do want to have Derek pray over your plants. Mm, yes. I, I cannot wait till we get those in because we're really going to bless these plants. But first y'all got to text us and let us know what your plant prayer requests are. If you have too many of them, that means you need to get to church ASAP because you ain't living right. Mm, um, there's I, will, I will pray over your plants as Pastor Kearney would do loud and spitting spitting and loud he he used to be on the BET so that's what's up we are excited about that and like I said I cannot wait to hear from y'all don't be shy okay if you want to be anonymous that's fine you don't have to tell me about yourself who you is but I do want to hear from y'all that means a lot to me as a podcaster 
who does not get real-time feedback from what I put out. I don't have all the answers. You know, as much as I was down there reading those encyclopedias and utilizing that Dewey Decimal System, I didn't get all the things that I was trying to get. And you could certainly assist in helping me with that and make sure that you answer the pop quiz question if you've been paying attention, if you understand the assignment. I'm winking because um, we're, getting, we're getting the videos up on the Patreon, but you do need to become a patron. But <laughs> now we're going to get into the botanical black history of the day. Fannie Lou Hamer. Mm. What a legacy. That's what it is. A legacy of setting a, a brilliant example of being an activist. She was involved in the civil rights um, in the way that she was involved, specifically involving voter rights. She, it just happened so organically. She just decided, oh yeah, I'm gonna go vote because she was educated on why voting was important. And uh, so she went down to go and vote and came across all kind of BS because for, for black folks during the time, like during the civil rights time, when it was like, how many bubblegum uh how many balls of bubble gum in this here jar how many jelly beans in this jar my mama told me when i was discussing with her and may she rest in peace she told me when we discussed voting rights and i was telling her about the things i was learning she said they would ask them how many bubbles was on a bar of soap and i was just like <laughs> so petty why so petty you all and so Betty Lou Hamer literally risked her life to vote. And then she ended up running for, um, she ran for a state office in Mississippi. And um, forgive me for not having the best notes at this here moment, because that wasn't what I was going to emphasize. But I specifically want to talk about her as botanical Black history for what she did with the Freedom Farms. Now, the way that I found out about Fannie Lou Hamer was when I first started the show, uh, back around the time when I got to be the producer in training that I was, I was like, yo, what is, was there a civil rights activist that was involved in like farming or something like that? What's up? What's the team with that? And Fannie Lou Hamer was who came up and I learned about her Freedom Farms and uh, in Sunflower County in Mississippi, where the whole point, the whole goal, the whole mission was to provide access for uh, people because access to food for people um, by way of getting land. Uh, one of the people who helped her to finance the project was Carrie Belafonte, fun fact. <laughs> And uh, he was also an activist himself. And so, you know, that's one of the things about activism and, and these different levels and having access to influence and, and money is we really do have to help each other because we're all in this together. And like Fannie Lou Hamer famously said, until all of us are free, none of us are free. Until we all get free, I'm paraphrasing it. But Derek, what, what's coming up for you? in regards to the legacy of Fannie Lou Hamer and her Freedom Farms? 
It's amazing that she made and founded, co-founded this Freedom Farm initiative. When you think about her history, she grew up as a share family of a, grew up on a cotton farm with a family of sharecroppers. Mm-hmm. And sharecropping was basically the legal way, one of the legal, many legal ways they could get black bodies enslaved um, after the dissolution and the um, repealing of slavery and all that emancipation proclamation stuff. So these sharecroppers would basically work land, be able to eat, but not be able to truly thrive as other farmers did, other white farmers did. Um, and that wasn't that wasn't really right or fair. But again, it was just what black people had to do to survive. And you see the then life legacy that stuck with her, that memory of farming and plants stuck with her. And I'm sure any awareness that she eventually got of like the power of this land and the power of these plants to provide a family, you know, somebody's sufficiency and that not being again, easily seen in the black community for her to come together and do this is amazing because without farmers, where are we? Number one, and that's farmer of any race, farmer of any nationality, any diversity, but much less these people, black people who have worked this land and toiled to terraform this land often by hands, by blood, by sweat, by tears, not by oils and machines. And we are shafted even more so than the rest of the farming world does. And to see that this was resolved in 76 and that, you know, and especially in today's time where the USDA is being held to task for their historic, you know, screwing of black folk with these farming loans and stuff, it, it's just, outstanding to see that there was a vision and a dream. And I definitely need to look deeper to see like what ideations that they have and can we can we start reapplying some of this stuff with other nonprofits that are doing something similar? Can we yeah. pull from our past and grow a better future? Absolutely. But start from the beginning with Fannie Lou Hamer. Like you mentioned, coming from a family of sharecroppers, which was damn near slavery low-key slavery, high-key slavery, you know, uh, just a different name, rebranding of slavery. Let's, let's call it what it is. And she grew up very poor, like very much hungry a lot. I remember it was indicated that her mom many days would pull together literally scraps to make a meal for her, including like beetroot scraps and maybe like some potato skins and perhaps a piece of bread if they could. Um, Maybe they had a little bit of flour and some lard and would kind of come up with a crude gravy to kind of put it all together and and season it. Just very meager, okay? And uh, one thing about hungry, if you've ever been hungry, especially if you grew up hungry, if your childhood included hunger, is you, it does something to you. It does something to you in every possible way, mentally, emotionally, but especially physically. And there's there's no feeling of desperation like hunger. And we're not talking about like, I have a sandwich in a couple hours. It's like, no, I don't know where my next meal is coming from kind of hunger. Like the hunger that's like, this is kind of normal. 
like the hunger where you have to like imagine the hungriest you've ever been where you may have not eaten all day it's been 10 hours and you you get home but you know you can go to the mcdonald's you could go to the Burger King, the Five Guys Burgers and Fries, you can run to the Walmart, get some stuff real quick and go on about your business. But to know what our ancestors, just in general, what Black folk back in the day had to do to survive, scraps of things that we throw away. Like I can look at people cooking sometimes. And I'm like, you throw away part of that bell pepper and part of that onion. You could have got a little more, you know, and to think of people who would look at what we do, even what I do, where I try to use as much of something as I can. And they'd Some be like, don't know how to get all the chicken off the chicken wing bones. Look, exactly. As y'all be, if I ever saw a person that took two bites out of a chicken wing and said they were done, I am immediately calling the cops. I used to get in trouble for that when I was a kid. I immediately. Because it's the thing is, you took two bites and you're like, done. Uh uh-uh, uh, you see all this meat up here? Hello? You better eat the rest of this meat. But oh. these have to eat the meat, eat the bones, and make everything. And this is uh, this also feeds into why we're such like phenomenal cooks, black people are, for the most part. Except for that one woman on TikTok who'll be making crazy stuff. Let's not. He, <laughs> you, you, because we had to take what people took for granted and make something grandiose out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I can't even imagine what like imagine what that stuff you just said tastes like man that don't that, sound like flavor to me like does that sound like oh it's a little flour a little beetroot you know i made a little no, salt little- not a beetroot the scrap of a beetroot so let me be more specific because let's get very graphic about it. i was when I was, we do our peelings you know you had a cute little gadget with the peeling and you uh-huh. peel the, the, the skin off I'm talking about that part, the skin that you throw on away, or you, hopefully you're composting. You listen to Black in the Garden, I hope that you're composting, but beside oh. the point, um, those scraps, like, you know, you have beets, whether you grew them yourself or whatever, and you peel the dirty part off because you don't want to like scrub it or whatever. I get that. But imagine if that was your meal. Mm. No, like that you- doesn't sound tasty to me at all. I'm, I'm, I'm not signing up for that meal. Yeah, I can't think of nothing I mean that tastes good. Like even bacon and some seasons, like and flour. I just can't imagine. Yeah. And and you know, not having like your your holy trinity of celery and, and bell pepper. You know, we we think of gravy. We talk about black pepper and maybe a little garlic and onions and all that stuff. No, we're talking about a very crude meal. So there's nothing like having that kind of experience of uh, dealing with hunger. And of course, you know, it makes you tired. You, you're not going to be able to really uh, give as much as you would be able to give if you had uh, all the nutrients that you need, because that's not really um, packed with nutrients as we describe that meal. But one thing about her that the that really rang evident um, and certainly showed to be true in the spirit and the passion behind the way that Fannie Lou Hamer uh, operated was that she understood it so well that she made it her priority to make it so that anybody who who she could possibly feed, anybody who came across her path that she determined to be hungry, she would make sure that she helped them to get food. 
I mentioned her civil rights and activism and, and what she did as far as getting connected with the organizations that she did, because that's where she got the understanding about how to organize and how to get access to funding that allowed her to get access to land. And once she got that access to land, it was really, I imagine a no brainer for her to determine, oh, if we have land, then we can feed ourselves. Because one of the things that she was very adamant about was knowing that the government was really not trying to assist people, poor people in general. It's not really just a black people thing. It's a poor people thing. Our country has a poor people problem. And what I mean by that is our country just acts like they don't understand how to get them fed while simultaneously waste so much food. So much food goes to waste that it is just obscene. Um, and you don't have to take my word for it. The facts are all there. This is science. And she knew that way back when, and she knew that having access to land and having the ability to grow your own food was pretty much the best way that you could have food security. So there's just like so many things that intersected with this. That's why it's such an incredible botanical black history subject is understanding the ability to grow as a, a pathway to independence. And that like, if you don't take anything else away from this, that's what I want you to take away from it is that she understood that they, they ain't trying to feed us. Like, you know, if you get the, we just talked about this on a recent episode, the eat better tomorrow card. They trying to tell you that you can't get crab legs or whatever. And, you know, they trying to police like what kind of food that you have access to. They trying to drug test you to death and all this and that, you know, if you got a drug problem, but you got hungry kids, so what, man? You still need food, you know? But I'm just saying all that to say that she she understood that that access and that ability to organize and get that access to the land and uh, thusly begin the Freedom Farms, which uh, you want to unpack the structure of how the Freedom Farms operated? Um, I when I read up on it, I was just so excited that it existed. I got more caught up in why did it dissolve? I guess my thing is hungry people, for me, my thought was I focused on the dissolution because hungry people don't stop. Mm -hmm. And no, there were some underlying health issues that, that basically worked to help this woman's legacy. And I just started again circulating, like how could we pull this together? Because we, we all know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We all know hungry and especially us as plant people we have a skill set that can provide some people food like today a lot of people like i say this all the time at every opportunity that i get um that my garden bucket list includes having a pantry garden i mean i want to be able to um take up the torch that she lit by doing what she did and being, have the ability to have a garden that will exclusively be for feeding people who need food and inspiring as many as possible. Cause I'm so glad that you just said what you said, which is so many of us that are taking part in this conversation, soil cousins listening, we have the ability to grow and you have, it's a superpower. 
and you actually have the ability to grow the food that can feed some folks, um, always grow extra. You should certainly not just be growing for yourself. Oh my. Yeah. Like just one more plant, even if you do grow for yourself, just give somebody a tomato, give somebody a pepper. Yeah. And, and also to speak to what you said about how you're concerned about how it dissolved, very reasonable concern, but that's literally not the headline. I always encourage y'all to go and do your own independent research and go and find out more about that for yourself. But just to give hope, just to give a modern day example of at least one person who at least has a reasonable amount of influence in our current time is Ron Finley. And he started out, uh, some of you may know him as the gangster gardener, and he started out growing food um, on the hell strip in the middle of the, the roadway and, you know, got into some trouble for it, but was able to flip that into having the ability to change the law around how food could be grown and where it could be grown, specifically in Los Angeles. But what he went on to do that he is currently doing is encouraging people to find those spaces in their communities, especially if you're living in a community that, you know, has like financial depression and has a lot of blighted spaces to grow in those spaces. Cause that's essentially what he did. He was just like, I see an area that is not being used. So it's just taking on this um, philosophy of asking for forgiveness instead of asking for permission. And so that is what he has been doing is he has been helping people to understand how to get their community gardens pop in so that they can feed themselves. Sounds so good, it, right? it, that's, that, that's pretty similar. It's, it's, it's not specifically exactly the same as what Fannie Lou Hamer did in getting access to land. At least she went about it in a very organized way to get land and that's dope, but it don't matter how you grow, go grow if you can grow. That's why I say, they call it guerrilla gardening. Grow wherever you can grow. Don't worry about who it belongs to. If it's clear that y'all not using the space, then don't trip when I come and try to do something positive with it. If there's hungry people nearby and I just need the space to grow food to feed people, then you better stop tripping. That's it. But also I'm going to say, we all know that if you do have in the gorilla garden, you get trouble and you reference that Cola told you to do it. She didn't mean it because why? I, she didn't, because she didn't mean it because you can't taste. She told me to do it and then try to drag into your legal foolishness because I am a because I'm a qualified <laughs> botanist and as her legal botanist I okay. say do that like that ain't it I'm just saying like in a rebellious way like yeah tell them Cola sent you but like don't drag me into like no legal shit y'all don't do me like that I'm, I'm trying to get myself together right now like that's why I say it's on my bucket list is because in my journey in my evolution as I'm getting to where I need to get to where I have my own land I don't have my I don't have land right now but as I'm getting to the place where I have my land then that is certainly something that I'll be doing I'll be growing food I will be sharing much of the food that I grow as much as possible I'll be composting I will be you know just making sure that I do as much as I can uh, to help myself and my family grow and um, grow in abundance 
and grow in philanthropy. Isn't that beautiful? Grow in philanthropy. I do like that. Some days we just need to write down all these bumper stickers you be making. These bumper stickers. Stick in the bumpers, don't I? You you do it. (laughs) So yeah, we, we just love that legacy. We love knowing that that is a thing and that is uh, the Freedom Farms is a thing. And also worth noting, it wasn't just growing food. Also like, it's the organization for me. She actually started a pig bank. And so the way it would work would be that each family would receive two pigs and you mm-hmm. supposed to make the pigs and you're supposed to uh, give one of them back to the bank so they could continue to create more pigs. You know, they have to keep mating them. And so the whole point of having the pigs in the pig bank was to um, make it so that you would have you know, your little pork chop or some bacon or whatever you want to have with your vegetables because she just, in her estimate, I know there's plenty of vegans that listen to this. I know there's also many of you that's standing up hollering, no pork on my fork. I'm not talking to (laughs) y'all. I'm just saying it's the organization uh, that went into knowing that, hey, uh, not only can we provide people with food. And it wasn't just food that came from these gardens. It was also like economic opportunities, uh, the opportunity to learn how to grow better, even community. And there's like, you know, options to uh, provide housing and stuff like that. And just really, you can tell she had a large heart. And that's why I'm, it's bittersweet to discuss her legacy because I know that there's so much that we can't even get into just for the sake of time, but she gave a lot. She also struggled a lot and she just cared a lot. That's what matters the most is that she cared a lot and it showed in the work that she did. And as a result, the legacy that we speak of is because she did that in such a diligent way that really made an impact and, you know, I'm glad that story was able to be recorded because, you know, all of our stories don't get told. They really don't. Like, yeah. And again, like looking at that, I just look at it. And I'm like, wow, like we could if we got a neighborhood, mm-hmm. like a cul-de-sac, five or six houses. Mm. We could recreate this. We could literally I grow. We could do a play on this where all of us grow vegetation you take care of the pigs. I take care of the, the cows. Mother down the street got the chickens. Okay, we got the meat. Somebody get a little fish fry. And they get the fish and the crab and the shrimp. A little fish fry. And we could literally have such a neighborhood of, of just not only food, but the power that comes with it. Because if you're buying your own beef, your own pork, your own chickens, your own fish, whatever, and you're you're not having to buy that meat. Just imagine what your grocery bill looks like. Like you have to pay these animals, you have to feed these animals. You have to spend a downtime of like taking care of them. But then imagine if you sell your own meat, you sell your own stuff, or you barter with other people, and you could really make it where you're you're cheaping out the rest, the majority of your your bills that would have been there. There is yeah. such a power in that. You're reclaiming and- power. You're taking advantage of the economical benefits that come with that. 
And here's the fun fact. Here's what I want to say the, to, to bring it all back to the focus, the present, wherever it is that you are now. Maybe you don't know your neighbors like that. And I don't like the state that we are in right now with the way that we have such disregard for our neighbors. I don't care if you live in an apartment um, in Brooklyn somewhere, or if you are in some suburb or whatever, people just don't fool with their neighbors like they once did. But you never really know, especially considering that we are still riding out this wave of this panini press uh, that our neighbors could have very unspecified but very real needs. And uh, there's nothing like coming together. I get it. Some of our neighbors might be a little crazy. Some of us, I get that. But like, seriously, in, in all honesty, if we really sit and think about it, this doesn't have to be some kind of like utopian fantasy of what it might could be like, but it just, let me put it to you like this. Grow something and share it with your neighbor if you have the ability to do that and see how they respond to that, right? And that's how you build that bridge, you know, and indicate, I grew this. I see you got some space over there. Can I give you a few bags of soil or, you know, teach you a few things that I know, share a few links with you, maybe Black in the Garden podcast. I don't know. Um, <laughs> share this with them. Like, honestly, you know, it's, and, and the whole point is to inspire all the soil cousins who are listening to this to understand that, you know, it doesn't have to be this far off kind of imagined thing, but you literally can build a bridge with your neighbors and you can be growing the greens while they're growing the tomatoes and somebody else is growing potatoes and somebody else got all the chickens and you get what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying. So, you know, if that's something that you're interested in doing, hey, text me. Y'all got the number, look in the episode notes. So I think this is a great point to kind of wrap it up on because I just really wanted to discuss it and bring it up, um, but also invite you to really dig deeper on your own by just going in and, and finding more information about Fannie Lou Hamer. Let me give you a link. I'll put it in the show notes. Y'all be making me work, but I'll work sncdigital.org is a great source of information about Fannie Lou Hamer. Any closing remarks, Derek? Legacy is amazing and may we all leave something great behind. Come on, eloquence. I am here for it and I agree. Could not have said it better myself. I've said all the things. We've said all the things. We've shared as much as we can share. We got a lot done, okay? Shout out to us, okay? Give us some flowers. And so having said all of that and hoping that it's been understood and received, we are going to close this out and wish you love, light, and soil. <laughs>